Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here with BeastNet, and this month I have Kim with me for the Beast Report, and the person for the Beast Report is me, so Kim is actually going to ask a whole bunch of questions, and you get to learn everything you wanted to know about me, and more. So, how are we doing, Kim? <laughs> good, good. This is going to be a lot of fun. I get to interview the interviewer. Yeah. So, I mean, most people have listened to the episode. They know what the, the Beast Report is. So, I mean, kind of give an idea of what it is, and then we'll just roll into it and start asking the questions. Sounds good. So the Beast Report is done every month, and it's posted to the Beast um, website, and you can read it. It usually, um, it typically highlights one of our Beast members, and you get to learn more about them and what they like and, you know, the fun stories about them, and then it has a nutrition section. And then um, Joe Loomis has been writing a bit of uh, more of a physical section, like a stretching and different ways of working out and been contributing there. It's been really great. Um, and finally, we have kind of our scheduled events coming up. So you can see, uh, you know, what will be going on. And um, the January one may have a little extra in it, too. So, you know, always keep an eye out for some extra things. We may expand on it a little bit more this coming year, too. So just kind of fun. And if anybody has any ideas or something they'd like to see included, uh, feel free to let me know. You know, it'd be great. And uh, we'll we'll go with that. Right on. So I guess we'll just roll into the questions then. That sounds good. Because I, I know I went through all these. You emailed it to me, and I replied back and gave you all that stuff. And I was even trying to yep. look on my phone to see if I could oh. find them. But, yeah, 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 I can't even find them. So I have no idea what these questions are anymore. So. Oh, well, this so, will yeah. be fun. Well, we might even just get more information about Mike. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Kind of scary, really. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this will be fun. Well, heck, let's just start with the first one. Um, so what was your first OCR race, and what made you decide to try it? My my very first one was uh, the Gladiator Rock and Run, and yeah. it was actually in, two, oh, I want to say 2010. Okay. 2010 or 2011, because I know it was during the time when I was originally, like, running and trying to get healthy and all of that stuff the first time uh, before I blew my knee. Um, oh. But I had um, a f couple friends at work were doing it with a group. I even I still have a shirt somewhere around here because we were called Team Nunya, Nunya Business. Uh -huh. But it, oh. <laughs> I like that. And, we went out and did it, and it was just—it was amazing. It was a blast. I, I loved it, and it was kind of one of those things that I wanted to do more and find more afterwards. But then I—I I, I ended up like a few months after that is when I blew my knee out. So it was kind of—I oh. got that taste, and then I got hurt, and it just kind of—you know—it oh. fell to the wayside. Oh shoot! How did you blow your knee out? Uh, amazingly enough, running a half marathon. Oh, I was gosh. doing a half marathon, and I, I have bad knees anyway. I, I destroyed my knees as a teenager playing sports, and then one of them did at work in my early 20s. But uh, I was doing the rock and roll oh. half marathon. I've done the rock and roll half marathon twice. The first time I broke my foot oh. um, at the about the 10-mile mark, but I finished it. And then the second time I did the uh, the Portland rock and roll for the very first time the very first time they had it there the inaugural one and i did that one and while i was on it something popped in my knee oh my god and i finished it and i'm like oh you know that kind of hurts a little bit you know but oh. there was a special medal you got that year if you did both the portland and the seattle rock and roll runs oh it was a special <laughs> pacific peaks medal but the thing was that they were only two weeks apart oh no Ooh. So I ran the Portland and something popped in my knee and I'm like, oh, well, 
that's not good. But, you know, I finished the race. I was okay. And as long as I didn't put a lot of weight on my knee and, like, really pound on it, I was okay. I could walk. I could oh. do everything else. And I'm like, I'll be good. So I just took my training really lax for a couple of weeks, you know, in between the two races, I'm like, you know, give my legs a little time to relax. And then uh, oh. during the Seattle race, um, anyone who's done that, and I think they've changed the course quite a bit over the years. Cause this was 2011, I believe um, mm-hmm. I was running and it was really hilly, a lot of big uphills, but there was a lot of big down. And as I was oh. going down the backside of Beacon Hill, on one of those really steep hills, my knee just gave out. Oh. And I, of course, because I'm, I'm pig-headed and I don't know when to stop, I looked at my running partner and she's like, are you done? And I'm like, nope, I'm finishing this. And so we kept going. And that was, my knee gave out at like mile six. Oh, and gosh. I finished the race. Oh, and just kept goodness. pushing myself through it. And it was, by the time I finished, I pretty much looked right at Amber as I, like, crossed the finish line. And I'm like, we need to go to the car now. Because the second I stop moving that leg, my knee's not going to work anymore. I'm nice. like, because it was pretty much like, when it first happened, it was every 30 or 40th step, my knee would try to give out, but it would, it would hold. Uh, by the time we finished the race, it was every other step, my knee was trying to give out. And it was just like, I, I need to get off my leg. And, yeah, we got the medal, got the special, you know, Pacific Peaks medal. Woo! Wow. And then I was back. Uh, by the time we got home, oh. my knee was, yeah, my knee was huge. It was toast. You know, and it's one of those, oh. if I'd done the smart thing and being older now, I probably would do this. If I had been like, okay, my knee's done. I need to stop. And sat down and just said, okay, someone needs to come get me because I'm done. I probably wouldn't have had that big of a deal, but because I decided to keep going, I did more damage. Oh, shoot. So it was a good probably a year before I could start running, like, again, and running races. And by that time, I mean, I'd gone from two about 285, which is honestly horribly to say is what I am right now, down to about 198. Oh, wow. Wow. And, yeah. And it was, I was feeling great. I was doing good. But after I blew my knee, by the time my knee healed, I was 240 again. And oh, just kind of, gosh. Yeah. So it, that's pretty much where it happened. And then a couple years later, I got back into the running. And a, fr- a couple friends were doing mud runs. And I started doing them. And then we started doing them as a family. And then it just became a thing. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, that kind of describes the next question, like how has OCR helped you overcome challenges? But uh, you probably have more to expand there. A little bit. I mean, it's helped me overcome a lot. I mean, it's, I think it's changed my way of thinking a lot in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always been really pigheaded and just kind of like barreled my way through everything. Even, you know, just, I don't know when to stop is my biggest problem most of the time. And I think OCR has actually taught me how to, rather than punch through everything, to go, go up and over, to find new ways that no matter uh, how many obstacles you throw in front of me, I can find a way over it. Um, you know, for example, right now, my biggest one's been my weight. You know, since I broke my foot, I let myself get bigger. You know, and I, and I make sure to say it that way to myself, too, is I let myself. I've made the decision not to keep up with the nutrition and everything else because of the injury. You know, I let the injury do this to me. But now it's the obstacle of, you know, I need to find a way around it. I kept trying to barrel through the obstacle of my foot just by pushing through the pain and running. But it didn't work because mm-hmm. I kept having to stop because there was too much pain. Um, so now it's a matter of, okay, well, that's not going to work. What other way can I get around or over and past this obstacle? And for me, it's, you know, uh, I'm working on, you know, I'm hoping soon to, to add an exercise bike or something to my, my workout room with my treadmill. Um, I've got the gym that I can go and go swim at the pool. So I have different ways that I can do exercise. that's not so traumatic on my foot. And then I've also got, uh, my best friend, Don, 
that I've known for what 30 37 years we went to preschool together but um, uh-huh. he he started doing Spartans with me this year he's done a couple mud warrior dash few of that before but he did his first Spartans this year and now he's hooked and he's actually uh-huh. got me he's holding me accountable and every Saturday morning at about seven he meets me at my in my driveway and we go for a walk so it's something low impact but it's still walking it's getting my legs going and it's you know and we walk and i what we've done six miles one day another day we went from my house down to spark stadium which is a little over three and a half miles but there's uh on the way back there's almost 400 feet of elevation gain so oh wow so we're That's trying great. to yeah, work in the hills and stuff like that, get ready for Montana and all that. And, I mean, I want to – so, yeah, so to really answer that question, it's helped me find different ways to look at obstacles rather than just barreling through it like a bull. You know, how do I get around – how do I get over it? How do I deal with this obstacle without doing more damage to myself? Which, right. if you think about it, that's kind of what happens is with a bull. You barrel through it, and usually, yeah, you got through the obstacle, but what – what damage did you do to yourself busting through it? And that's uh, where I got to right. get yeah. uh, Well, that's so. great. And it's so wonderful, too, having friends for accountability purposes. I know yeah. that if I'm going to meet someone, if, if I'm not feeling like it, maybe I'm going to do it because someone's meeting me. Yeah. So that is a great way to, to go. And, and it is because, I mean, that's the hardest part for me a lot of times because for me, because I – I have a very busy lifestyle. I'm I'm crazy. I have lots of ho- lots of hobbies, lots of stuff that I do. I mean, I've got Beastnet. I do a whole other podcast called We Nerdish Podcast with a friend. Um, oh. I do. I'm on a radio show called uh, I forgot what it's called. Of uh, uh, Comedy of Errors is a radio show that I do called Comedy of Errors, <laughs> and then work and everything else. So I have a crazy lifestyle. So normally my workouts in the morning. I, you know, oh, Amber yeah. gets up and goes to work at 4.30 in the morning, so I'll try and get up when she gets up, but that is the hardest thing for me because there's nobody to hold me accountable to worry about me. So oh, it's so much easier than to get out of bed, you know, put on some shorts or whatever and drive to the gym or even just walk out into the other room and get on the treadmill. It's so much easier just to lay back in bed and hit the snooze button and be like, I don't have to be up for two more hours, you know. Right. So, that's the hard part is finding holding yourself accountable to that stuff. Right. So having your friend on the weekend, that's that really yeah. helps. Yeah. Yeah. So he's here, you know, and he brings his daughter's about the same age as his Benton. So a lot of times they'll go with us. So and they hold us accountable too. You got the kids, you know, saying, Come on right. guys, let's go you know. So Right. Oh, I yeah. love it. Well, let's see. So yeah. what do you love most about the O C R community? And I know you're big in this. You're you're just you're out there and you've so many friends and you're always helping everybody. I just love it. So what what is your favorite? What do you love most about the OCR community? It's just that what you said. I mean, it's the it's the family. Um, it, it's having people that well you know will go out of their way to help you. Um, you know, when we moved, what two years ago? A little over two years mm-hmm. ago now, it was one of those things. It was a last-minute thing where pretty much the landlord's like, yeah, I need a remodel. And, well, can't do it with you here, so you've got 30 days to get out. Oh. And at the same time, we had a, a week of that 30 days. We were in Hawaii. So, oh my goodness. But once we got back, I mean, it was – I mean, you had Brandon, Jody. The first day I met James Tinko, Jesse, all those people, like, showed up in my house and helped me pack up. Christina was there. You know, there was a whole bunch of people. I'm hoping I'm not forgetting anybody because I know someone's listening to the thing like, I was there too. But if I forgot you, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's been a long time. I'm old. My my memory fades. But, you know, it was was that. I mean, all of a sudden, everyone showed up. I mean, it's one of those things, um, you know, I guess I can say it now because this is going to air after Christmas, but it's the whole thing. Um, If nobody's heard about it, it's, I can't remember what it's called. I know I'm on the thing. It's like Operation Beast Endurance or something. You know what I'm talking oh. about. You're part of that, aren't you? Right. So, Brandy, Operation Beast Save Christmas. How many yeah. people yeah. came together in this, this thread oh. 
which is not public. That's why I, I thought about, okay, when is this going to air? It's going to air after Christmas. Right. But there's a beast out there who husband left her. She's got two little kids. And yeah. all these beasts are banding together to help mm-hmm. save her Christmas for her and her two little kids. Right. That is what I love about this community. What other community oh. would you see that in? Right. I mean, it, oh, it, I know. That right there is the definition of it, to help her out. And no one said anything to her. I don't think anyone's right. going to say anything pretty much until Christmas and just hand it to her and be like, here you go, Merry Christmas. And I, I'm honestly upset that I'm not going to be there to see this. I mean, I, I love her to death, too. So, I mean, yeah. we've always had a fun relationship where we make jokes, but she's she's amazing. And for the group to do this and to just come together oh. and band together to help her, is awesome. I've never, I, I've never seen that in another group. I mean, I've seen it a little bit where like two or three people would get together, but this is a group of I think there's like ten or fifteen people, all putting mm-hmm. stuff together to help her out. It is. It's a good sized group, and and I I'm just like you. I just love that about our team. We're always there for each other, and this is a biggie. I mean, that's it's got to be such a difficult time, and, you know, her friends are here for her, and I just love that, that we're a family. We really are. I yeah. mean, we're just all there for each other, and it's the best thing. We, it is. It's amazing, because, I mean, a lot of people don't really know for me. I, I'm the youngest of six kids. Oh. And, Yeah. But the weird thing is a lot of people are like, oh, you must have a big family. It must be great. It was really weird for me growing up because being the youngest, my oldest brother was 18 years older than me. So he was a senior in high school when I was born. And it was really weird. My parents had four kids. Yeah, they had four kids and then stopped, waited 11 years, and decided to have two more. So there's a huge age gap. So I ended up being... I'm closer in age to my nieces and nephews than I am to my own brothers and sisters. So oh, I God. end up in this like weird, I don't know how to say it, like twilight zone almost of like the family where I didn't really fit anywhere. You know, I didn't fit with my brothers and sisters because I was, I was too young, but I didn't fit with my right. nieces and nephews because I was too old. So I was in this oh. weird, like limbo area. And I, and I feel like that, you know, they, they, I never really had that feeling of belonging. And the beast, uh-huh. I actually feel like I belong. So that's probably, you know, one of the things. And it's not just the beast. It's the OCR community as a whole. I mean, you're never alone. I go to Vegas every year, and normally it's just me. I mean, I'm there with Warrior State of Mind normally, but I don't know anybody that well. Right. So it's, you know... I don't have anyone I'm running with, but I'm never alone. Even when I need, I you know, I hit an obstacle and I need help, there's somebody there to offer. And that's what I love about yeah. the community. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Oh. Well, so who who inspires you? I mean, there's so many people that are, you know, their group of particular people, just everybody. Who inspires you? Um, it's really hard to say, and I mean, it's kind of one of those things, and I mean, I think people who really listen to the podcast might know this, kind of, but for me, it's the people that have overcome something, that have overcome, a, you know, huge obstacles. Um, I can name so many. You've got, like, Tatiana, who, you know, at a young age was a drug addict, in jail, you know, horrible things going on in her life, and she suddenly cleaned herself up, and now she's actually an abuse counselor. At the age of like 25, I mean, oh. that is amazing to me. You know, mm-hmm. you've got people like Lisa, Lisa Lindy, Lisa Ann. I, I love Lisa Ann, but oh, she yeah. is, you know, look at how much weight she's lost. I remember the first time I met her and how hard and everything else she pushed herself and pushed her body. And now you look at her and she's she's literally half the woman that I uh, that I met. I mean, it's amazing mm-hmm. to see that. You know, I'm trying to think who else. Audra. I haven't seen Audra, but I've seen pictures. Audra's lost a lot of weight, too. She's doing amazing. Yeah. Um, there's just so many. You know, you've got Virginia, who's crazy enough to, uh, you know, do races uh, with a broken broken ankle. You've got all that. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. 
you know, and I mean to push yourself through that and everything else. And it's just like, it amazes me what these people can do. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, to see the changes. I mean, Emily, the one year doing, you know, the Montana beast where she pretty much like checked out like, ding, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, like 13 hours in that course. And then all of a sudden she's, you know, the next year she killed it. She came back and mm-hmm. I was struggling with my, I was struggling with my, uh, my bucket and she went and finished hers and came back and grabbed mine. Oh, I mean, it, it's awesome just to see the the change. My thing is, is just watching people overcome those immense obstacles that life throws in front of them and continue on and to become even mm-hmm. be- better people. And that's everyone I just said that. I mean, it has gone through some huge obstacle and, you know, come out a better person, you know. And you never know what someone's going through until you sit down and talk to them. And that's one right. thing I've really learned on BeastNet is sitting down and talking to people. I mean, I don't know if you listened to the one with Dirk uh, Van, I always say his name wrong, Van Belvin. Oh, he, he was in prison for 10 years. And, and you meet him now and you look at him going, oh. yeah. And now he's, he runs a, a nonprofit that helps other prisoners get money for school. I mean, who, how, just amazing. wife handed him lemonades and he, he made like Lynchburg lemonade. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing guy. And see, those are the things that just, that's what inspires me is to see, you know, the old saying, life gives you lemonades, make lemonade. And to watch mm-hmm. these people that have like been thrown huge curveballs and huge lemons and they turn it into lemonade and I mean amazing I mean yeah so it really is it's it's grit a lot of grit yep and they get through it and it's just amazing oh yeah so Um, I mean to answer your question it's it's everyone it's everyone in this community that works so hard to do stuff it's guys like you know like Adam and I'll be honest about Adam when Adam first took over as the lead you know running beast there was a lot of issues, and Adam knows this. But Adam, rather than giving up like a lot of people wanted them to, Adam kept fighting through. And now look at it. I mean, now the oh. group is better than it's ever been because Adam had the grit to not say, you know, you guys are right. I shouldn't be doing this. He said, you know, no, I hear what you're saying. I've been doing things wrong. Let's redo this and try a different way and find one that works. And that's what he did. And that's great. I mean, not taking, not looking at the obstacle and going, yep, you beat me. I'm done. It, it's right. trying to look at it a different way and finding a new way to do it. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I think what in a roundabout way. Job. I think in a roundabout weird way, I think I answered that. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, what is your favorite OCR memory? Um, I've got a few. I mean, I've been on so many races. I've got a few. Um, I would have to say, uh, finishing the super in Hawaii with a broken foot was probably in the boot. Um, I really did not want to get up that morning because I had already DNF'd on the beast and I had no motivation. So, but finishing that, um, and I think one of the other things on that one was one meeting Laura Messner. At the, the spirit throw, she oh. was right there, and I, I actually missed the first throw. And she looked at wow. me, and she's like, nobody but you and I saw that. You can do this. Do it again. Oh. And I threw oh. it and drove it, and it was just like, oh. So it, it was – that was an amazing thing for me. I, I love Laura Messner. I, uh, yeah, she's, oh. like, yeah. one of my favorite OCR, like, celebs kind of people. But, yeah, you know, it's like that um, – there's finishing the first Montana, you know, founders race with Drew and and Jason. That was an amazing thing. The the 13 and a half hour finish of this, you know, Montana beast with Emily and Jody and Stevie. Um, 
And Steve Hammond. I mean, Hammond right there with us the whole way. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I've had so many great times with the, the, the OCR and with the Beast and with everything else. I mean, there was the giving Yoshi her medal when they were the last ones to finish the Seattle uh, last year. Yeah. That was an amazing wow. one to me. I knew it was them, and I'm like, can, can I give them these medals? You know, I, these oh. are my people. <laughs> so that, that right. was another big one. Oh. So, I mean, it's, there's so many. It's, I, could, oh. I could probably go on all night about all the, the amazing memories I've had with this group and with OCR in general. I mean, it's, yeah. there's so many amazing memories. Oh, you know? yeah. I love it. There really are. Oh, well, how about telling us something about yourself that very few people know? Um, something. I, I, I'm, I was thinking about this one, and it's kind of hard for me to like really come up with. I'm, you know, I mean, most people know that you know from the episode with, with uh, Heather Rook that I decorate cakes. So that's that's a kind yeah, of a known I love one. That. Yeah, I decorate cakes. Not as much as she does. I don't do it. It's kind of a hobby now, and I do it every once in a while. Um, trying to think. Uh, I love horror movies, horror books. Um, ah. See, and I, and I don't – see, and I've been trying to think about this. Like I said, I mean, I'm, I think probably the biggest thing is I'm not as – I'm not as self-confident as I seem sometimes. I, I feel like I put on this great front when I'm out doing things and I'm always social and I'm always with everyone and I seem like I, I'm really self-confident and I'm actually honestly like really not. It's, it's one of those things, I think it's one of the reasons why I do comedy is, I mean, if you really listen to my comedy, because I am a comedian, for those that don't know, if you ever see a name that comes across your, your screen that says Brandon Valentine, that's me. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I think that's part of the reason why I do some of my comedy, because really, if you listen to my comedy, a lot of it is kind of self-depreciating. It's making fun of myself, because I see these, these issues in myself that I'm trying to fix, but I, I still see them. And I, and I think that's probably the big thing, is I get so many people that are like, you know, you're a great leader, and you, you're always positive, and you're always this. And I'm like, but really, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, in my okay. head, I'm, in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, and it's just, I put out that, yeah. I put that out there because that's what I. Sometimes I feel that's what people expect of me, is to be that really positive guy. Which I mean, I am. I do like to help people. I love helping people, and it makes me feel so good. But I, I'm not. I'm very self depreciating myself. Oh gosh! Well, you're all so great to everybody. Yeah, and you just uh, you really do come off as such a positive, wonderful person, and uh, so you know that you are too, because you are. (laughs) Like I said, and I try to be, but it's just a lot of times it's, and I'll be honest. There's times that when I'm, uh, I feel like I'm fake, because it's like in my head I know that you know I'm having a moment where things aren't going right, but. I've always been that guy that I help everybody else. It's what I do. So, and it makes me feel good oh. to help everyone else. That's part of like what makes me makes me me. But sometimes, you know, yeah. like I said, it's a little. I, I, I'm not as chipper as I think everyone thinks I am. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. So now, how about your comedy shows? No. Now, where do you typically play or perform? Um, it depends. I kind of. I used to do it a lot. I mean, I used to go out like three or four times a week and do comedy. And I've really backed off over the last couple of years. But um, mainly what I do is I do – I produce two shows. Me and, the, me and my, my friend that run the other – my other podcast, Free Nerdish, we produce two shows. One's in Maple Valley, and it's the last Wednesday of every month we have a comedy show there that we produce. Um, I don't always perform, but sometimes I do. It depends on my mood that night, really. <laughs> and then I also <laughs> produce one in Edomclaw at the Cole Street Brewery that's on the first Wednesday of every month. So oh, fun. Yeah, and they're both free shows. They're fun. I mean, we try and get – me and my, my, my friend that I produce with, we're old school. 
where we like mm-hmm. having the old school type of we have a host, a feature, okay. and a headliner. And that's it. Just three comedians normally. Maybe every once in a while, me and him might get up and do a couple minutes, but normally it's like three comedians and that's it. Where a lot of okay. shows now, they try and throw like 10 comedians all doing like 10 minutes, and it's just, yeah. I've never, I like, a good comedian is going to keep you going for 30, 30 or 40 minutes, so. Oh, fun. But I, I will warn everyone, oh, yeah. for everyone that knows me, if you come to one of my comedy shows, Brandon Valentine is a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy, um, but. Uh, well, now we all got to go. We got to go meet this Brandon fella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's completely, you know, and I hate to say it that way, but sometimes people are like, yeah, you're crazy. You have two personalities. But in a lot of ways I do. I mean, honestly, you know, <laughs> Amber's seen it. I'll walk into a bar and the second I'm Brandon, it's like a different like I'm, I'm running on a different level. It's I'm a lot more crass. <laughs> I'm a lot more inappropriate than I normally am. So, yeah, I mean it's just a whole oh. different. It's like that other side of me that you're not allowed to let out because you're a nice guy and you're at work or something like that. So that's that's what it becomes. Right. Yeah. That's the fun way. Then you can just let it all out. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So one thing that I know you've um, mentioned before, but I just love this story, is your Seattle Marathon, the full marathon that you did. Oh. And I saw you going up that hill, you and Emily, and oh, you just got to tell us about that again. This is such an amazing story. And talk about grit. Oh. I mean, boy, you lived yeah. grit that day. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, – what was funny on that one is, is I told myself, when I was pretty much like 30 years old and, you know, doing all the running, like when I was doing the half marathons, I'm like, before my 40th birthday, I will do a full marathon. And then I blew my knee and everything went downhill. And it was like, oh, and then it was, you know, what, last summer or this, you know, whatever, it was last year I did it. Amber pointed out like six months before, she's pretty much like, you know, your 40th birthday is in December. So if you're going to do this half marathon, you better figure it out. Or this full marathon, you better figure it out. And I'm like, well, the Seattle Marathon is literally six days before my birthday. So let's sign up for it. Wow. Yeah. And I tried. I trained a little bit, but not enough. I really didn't put enough into the training because I kind of, like, relied on my, my, my lack of quitting pretty much. <laughs> So, and as it came closer, I got a message from Emily one day that said, are you still doing the Seattle Marathon? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm doing it with you. And I'm like, well, okay then. And then it was literally, I think, like a week before the marathon, my buddy Don was like, so we're doing this marathon? I'm like, what do you mean we? Well, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm doing this with you. If you're doing it, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay then. So... The day came, and it was rainy, nasty. Emily was sick. Um, you could tell when she got there she was not 100%. She was sick. Um, and we went for it, and it was rainy and wet, nasty. You were there. You ran it. You did the half. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. It was icky. <laughs> yeah. And about the 13-mile mark, and, I mean, you could kind of see it coming for a bit because you kind of see it in Emily's face. But Emily kind of looked at me, and she's like, I, I, I can't keep doing this. She's like, I can barely breathe. I'm hacking everything up. She's like, I can't do this. And I'm like, you know, I understand. Thank you for at least getting me this far. And that's when she pretty much, she she bowed out, which, I mean, I can't blame her. You got to listen to your body. You really do. Right. Um, yeah. And then, so me and Dawn were like, okay, whatever. We'll just keep going. And we kept trucking along. And it was... About mile marker 22, we'd just gone through, like, a park, and there was some really big uphills, and Don's back started spasming, basically, and he's like, he's like, I I can't. He's got cramps in his back. It's spasming. He's like, I I can't keep going. And I'm like, we're at mile 22, dude. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, and, and it's at that point, you know, where I've always been really good at talking to people, like, 
into continuing on. But at mm-hmm. that point, you could see in his face, and it was the same with Emily, where you know it's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to talk him into it. And I am so – at 22 miles, we're seven hours into this or so. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I, I can't argue with you, dude. I'm, I I would love to, but I can't. I, I got to keep going. So I just kind of trudged on. And it got – it was a little bit after that where I think I hit the wall that everyone talks about, where literally mm-hmm. it was like all of a sudden there was no runners with me, no one around me. I couldn't even see anyone in front of me or behind me. And while I could see people behind me, they were taking the course down. But Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were literally taking the course down behind me, and there wow. was nobody in front of me. And at that point, I think, I, and I'll be honest, I actually started to cry. I was like, I can't do this. I'm like, this is stupid. I never should have done it. But something inside me, my feet just kept going and kept walking. Oh, but, I, I mean, it. that was the wall where I was just like, I, I can't do this. And there was oh. this, they have, I can't remember what they call them. They're, they're basically like people in cars. I keep I'm trying to think what they're, they're – I don't want to say chaperones, but basically that's what they are. And oh, okay. they walk – they make sure you're good. And they're the ones that pick you up if you're hurt or whatever and stuff like that. So right. there was two of them, um, an older lady in a minivan and an older gentleman in a pickup. And they kept, like, circling. One of them would stop and sit on the side of the road and wait for me to catch up. And then the other one would go ahead and stop stop a little bit farther ahead, and then they would sit there and, like, go with me to make sure I'm good. And then there was also a guy on a bike that kept coming back and checking on me. So that kind of kept me moving. But the the little Mm -hmm. lady was so sweet. She kept – she's like, do you just want to get in the van? You know you just want to get in the van. She's like, you're barely Uh able to walk. She's like, you're limping because my, my left ankle had actually locked up. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the muscles or cramps, but I could not move my left ankle. Oh. So I was just kind of hobbling. And she's like, you look like you're in a lot of pain. You, And I'm like, there's less than three miles. I'm like, I'm finishing this stuff. I'm just finishing. I'm going. And oh. she kept trying, but I just kept going. And it was probably right at probably the 26-mile mark, I ran into another runner. I caught up to somebody. Oh, wow. And we, wow. Yeah. And we stayed together mm-hmm. until you came into the, you know, the field where they're, they're finished. Field. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at her and I'm like, do you want to finish together? And she's like, no, you go ahead. And so I basically ran it. And I mean, if you ever see that video, you can see my left leg isn't working right. I'm like completely mm-hmm. hobbling, but I ran that last little bit just to finish it. But she was amazing because that lady, I talked to her for a few minutes. She was working on what they call a quadzilla. And have you ever oh. heard of this? Oh, yes. They do multiple marathons, I think. Yeah. Is and a quadzilla is four oh. in four days. Wow. Oh, so, and my this gosh. Was number, this was four. And she was, I mean, she was not, I don't know how to say this in a, in a PC way, not your normal runner's physique. Okay. She was a little bit bigger and everything else, but she was on number four. And I'm like, I am so proud of you, you know, and that's Uh kind of why I was like, I kind of want to finish this with you. And she's like, no, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. I mean, but yeah. Wow. But the one thing that I've always said to people too is because in my mind, I've always wanted to be, I've never wanted to be that last racer. Does that sound horrible? But I never wanted to be, but then I think that right there kind of really, struck a nerve in my brain on that one it's like i really wasn't the last racer but neither she because we beat everybody that didn't get off the couch and come do this today right exactly neither one of us you know they're you know we finished this but there are people out there who never even got off the couch so right exactly and that's what you have to be proud of and i I think then that moment was when i really came up to because i've always been I've always hated the fact that I'm so slow. And part of that is because of my size. But even when I was smaller, I was never that quick. My, my fastest half marathon was three hours. Um, um, so I'm not hugely fast. 
So, but it, but it's always bothered me. And I think, yeah, and that's it right there. In that moment, I was like, it doesn't matter how fast you go, just ah. that you finish it. I mean, I'd always kind of thought that, but that was the real defining moment in my brain that went, yes, it took me nine, nine hours to do that marathon. Okay. But I have the exact same medal yeah. as the people who did it, you know, in four or in yeah. three. And, and that medal has so much meaning, my goodness sakes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. One of those things I've said it before on the, the podcast is I think in all honesty, people, people who take nine hours to do it, it takes a lot more grit than somebody mm-hmm. who does it in two or three. Yes, they're better physically fit, they're everything else, but they can do it, It's I don't wanna say easier, but they can finish it and they're done in a couple hours and it's not so bad. For someone like me who's bigger and it takes nine hours, you have nine hours on that course of time beating into your brain saying, why are you doing this? Right. You need that mental grit to get through that as well as the physical. Yeah. And boy, talk about mental grit on that one. Holy cow. <laughs> and here's the best part That's so because cool. my friend Don my friend Don hates me. I swear to God he hates me. Um oh. <laughs> he's actually signed me up for two marathons oh. this year. <laughs> oh my goodness sakes. Which two are you gonna do? Uh the tunnel marathon. Which oh, just on starts on Snoqualmie Pass and ends in North okay. Oh, so I've done that one. The yeah, Jack and so Jill downhill? It's not. It's. I think it's in the same place as the Jack and Jill downhill. Okay. But it's called the Tunnel Marathon. So ah, this one's the Tunnel cool. Marathon. It's in June. And we're going to do that one. And then we're actually going back after the Seattle Marathon. Oh, my goodness sakes. Oh, I so love it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the Seattle Marathon. Um, he's trying to talk me into, I think it's in February or March, he wants me to do a half marathon with him. So he's really getting into trying to get into better shape. And like I said, he every Saturday comes and gets me and we go walk, just trying to get back oh. into, the, you know, dropping the weight and get back into it. Yeah. So Because I know the tunnel marathon, oh. we have to finish in less than seven hours. Oh, so, so you've got a time goal to to work yeah. at then. Yeah. So and, we've got to cut oh. we gotta cut two hours off the Seattle Marathon time. But the difference is the Seattle Marathon had a lot of uphills and that's what kills me. But the downhill worries me because of my knees. You know, I know uh-huh. how hard downhill is on your knees. Right. So. Right. So boy. Oh, yeah. that'll be exciting. It so what is your fun. first what is your first race in uh the coming year gonna be? Um my first I'm doing a five K with the family on the first. We do it every year. Um oh, yeah. it's the resolution uh polar bear dive. Nice. You run a five K and then you finish the five K by jumping into Lake Washington. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> You, you 5K can good, cold water bad. <laughs> you can do the 5K without going in the water. The water's optional, but um, oh, yeah. Good. So we've done this. We've done this. This will actually be. We've done it every year for I think three or four years. We did miss one year because I was in Montana that morning oh. going to save my brother. So yeah. So, oh wow! But, and you've jumped in the water each time. Yep. Yep. But I will be honest, and I think this year, because Don's doing it with me, he'll probably make me do go all the way. Normally, I don't go above, like, the waist because it's like you're, oh. you have in your brain, you're like, I'm going all the way in. And then because the way they right. do it is hit a boat ramp, and you run down the ramp oh. and oh. then back up. So you're like, I'm going to go so. all the way in. And then you hit that part where it, like, gets, like, just below the waist, and that part hits the water. Um. You're like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going any farther than that, you know, and that's retreat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Benton last well, year, I think it was, just basically like dropped into the water. He just like ran and like dove straight in. So, oh, gosh. So this year, I'm pretty yeah. sure that if I don't go all the way in, I'll probably get tackled and thrown in. So, but yeah. <laughs> I love it. So oh, it'll be, my gosh. It'll be fun. 
I know there's a few of us. I know my, my, my friend Don's doing it, and I think his daughter's coming. Uh, me, Amber, and Benton are doing it. Um, Ashley Woods normally does it. And there's a few other beasts that I, I know, I believe, are signed up. I think Emily's doing it. There's a few. So it's a fun one. It's a good oh. way to start the year. It's the, you know, mm-hmm. first day of the, you know. So I think it's a 10 because it gives you a little while to, like, get the hangover out oh, so no. you get over there. But on the first. So, but yeah, we do, oh, as a family, we do at least one 5K a month. So, mm-hmm. and if it's most time, because a lot of the, the mud run, Amber isn't that much into the mud run. She'll do some of the smaller ones. But so a lot of times if it's a smaller one that all three of us will do, we'll consider that our, you know, our 5K for the month. But if it's not one that all three of us do together, it doesn't count. All three of us have to do the 5K together for it to count as our our monthly 5K. So. Some of them will do it like a virtual, and we figured out pretty much from our driveway how far we have to go into the park across the street and back to hit a perfect 5K. So. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. What a great so family done, thing yeah. to do. Yeah. We've done oh. a few virtual ones like that, but normally it's, it's uh, you know, an actual 5K that's organized somewhere. I mean, like last month we did uh, May the Course Be With You. Oh, which was a, a Star Wars themed one, so I mean we we always find something, and and it's it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. So, what are your goals for the upcoming year for 2019? Um, one of my big goals is um, and it's a lofty goal at this one. I I want to be under 200 pounds again. Ah. Um, I want to get back into, and honestly, really, the 200 pounds isn't as big to me as just being in better shape. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the weight isn't has never always been big. For me, it's the size. If I can drop back down to a size that I should be, then I'll be happy. Um, I just want to get back into shape. I want to get back to where I'm running these. I'm not walking them. You know, I'm... When I was in better shape and I was doing 5Ks, I mean, uh, uh, anything more than a 30-minute 5K, and I, I was, you know, something was wrong. So, and now it's, you know, I'm lucky if I can get one done in 45 minutes. So, it's it's getting back into that that okay. feeling that I feel good about where I'm at physically. Um, I posted before pictures of me from when I was in high school. And I'm like, I'll never be this, you know, I'll never be that again, but I want to be something more healthy than I am, you know, and it's uh, there a lot of people like, you could be that again. I'm like, no, no, really, I couldn't. But, I mean, I graduated high school at 140 pounds. With okay. the way my body's built now, if I was 140 pounds, I, I would look like a crack addict. So, uh, it, it wouldn't be healthy. My doctor's <laughs> Yeah, I would be too small. I mean, because I've, I was probably about twenty one, twenty two when my shoulders and chest suddenly like grew, you know. Oh, okay. so yeah. There's no way I could get back to one hundred and forty, but uh, one hundred and seventy, one hundred and eighty. Even my doctor, you know, and I, and I talked to my doctor about this. I'm like, what would be, what would be a healthy weight? She's even like, your BMI says you should be between 140 and 150. She's like, you would be sickly at 140 to 150 with the way your body, your body is built. She's like, you're mm-hmm. built big up top. So she's like, you'd want, you know, she's like 170, 180 would probably be fine. You know, a lean, good muscle. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So, so my big thing is to, to find better ways to eat um, and stuff like that and to be healthier. Um, one thing is, like, we found, like, we haven't had pasta in our house in months. We we don't have noodles, pasta noodles. If we oh, have anything, okay. like, tonight, we had we had fettuccine Alfredo. And for our Alfredo oh. noodles, we made zucchini noodles. We go buy, oh, we perfect. buy zucchini, like, we probably buy 12 of those zucchinis a week. But, and we turn them into noodles. Um, yeah. We got a stupid thing called the Vegetti, and it's rinky-dink, but it works. And it turns our, you know, turns a, a, a zucchini into noodles. And you take those noodles, kind of fry them up a little bit, and 
put whatever sauce you want on them, and you can have spaghetti and meatballs, but it's zucchini noodles, so you don't get all those carbs from that. Um, cauliflower, we, we don't have rice anymore. It's all cauliflower. We make our own cauliflower nice. rice. I just steam the cauliflower and then run it through my food processor on grate, and it turns it into basically, you know, the consistency and size of, a, of rice. So it's, yeah, we're just trying to find That's better great. ways to eat and all that stuff. I need to find a way. One of the big things for me is finding a way because um, I spend so much time in my car because for work mm-hmm. I drive a lot. Um, it's finding a way to keep food in the car that I can eat that is filling but small, if you know what I mean. Something right. that I can have that's going to that's gonna hold me over because I know when I lost all the weight last time, I would eat every three hours, but I wouldn't eat anything big. It was just something every three hours to keep my metabolism going. And that's what I need to do now. But back then, I had a fridge, like, right next to my office that I could put stuff in and go grab whatever. And now I don't have that, so I have to find things that I can keep in the car that are there, you know. And I've heard from so many nutritionists, like, even even the energy bars, they say that are good for you really aren't. Those health bars are not good for you. I mean, they are to a point, but if you're eating them every day, no. Um, So I, I found ways to make my own. And some other stuff like that, and you know, just yeah, finding ways to do stuff like that, making your own energy bars. And nutritionists have told me a lot of the foods I like, they're good for you if you just do it yourself. Get rid of all preservatives, you know, like chili. I love chili, and my doctor's like, you can eat all the chili you want, just make it. Stop getting the stuff. Stop getting the cans and alley chili. That stuff's horrible for you. All the preservatives in there and all that. She's like, get real, make your own, you know, and it's, there's so many things like that, that if you make your own, they're good. It's like the energy bars that I make. It's chocolate, a small chunk of like Baker's chocolate, like really, you know, the, not a lot, but just a small chunk of chocolate, Um, oats, honey, and real peanut butter, not like, because if you go to Winco, you can actually get where they'll grind the peanut butter right there for you in front of you. And it's just right. peanuts ground. So that, and you put those in, cook it, like, you know, boil it up kind of and cook it all together so it's small, and make it into bars and freeze it. I love it. That's a great and idea. And a little energy bar. So, I mean, it's just finding ways of doing stuff like that and being healthy and eating healthy and keeping myself away from, you know, the potato chips and away from going fast food every day, you know, and that's what I'm trying to keep myself from doing is going, because that's my thing is most of the time I'll be out driving and I'm like, I'm hungry. I don't have anything in the car. Well, McDonald's is right there. One Big Mac won't hurt me. Oh. So, and I, I have got myself, so normally now if I do, Break down and go get fast food. It's most of the time taco time. So, which even my doctor's like, she's like, fast food is not good for you. But if you're going to eat one of them, she's like, taco time's probably the best. So, Uh, but still pay attention to what you're getting. That doesn't mean, you know, get grande size, you know, everything, you know, whatever. Yeah, still pay attention to what you're getting. But, and she's like, not daily. Like, make it a once a week, like, great job. Like, a once a, a week. Yes. Yeah, a treat. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Getting, that's I love. Big goal. Oh, yeah. that is great. And I love that idea of just doing slow replacements and figuring out, hey, I can do zucchini noodles instead of pasta. Yeah. And then that just becomes a part of your, uh, your life, yeah, your eating yeah. habits. That's and, a great and I think way to do it. And that's been, I think, one of my biggest problems, and I think a lot of people have, is they go and they make these switches, and they completely switch their diet, but they do it like everything, and it's immediate. Right. And then and you all just of can't sustain it, it. Yeah, you can't sustain it. It's too much. And I think if they do, you know, that's one of the things I've been trying to do is do less of a huge switch and just kind of slowly switching a few things and getting my body used to and my mind into the right mm-hmm. frame of mind of doing what I should be doing anyway. So, yeah. So oh, hopefully, well, actually there's no hopefully. 
by my birthday next year, when I turn 42, I'll be under 200 pounds. Ah, there you go. And we'll have another podcast on you then. Yep, and hopefully I won't have to cut off a leg <laughs> to make that work, but I'll make it happen. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, this is going to be an exciting year. So let's see, what, what are, um, after the New Year's race, what are your next couple of races after that lined up? Um, I was trying to think, New Year's, and then I think in February we always do one that's up at Green Lake called uh, Love Them or Leave Them 5K. Oh, okay. That, that's a oh, blast. Fun. It's for, for Valentine's Day, obviously. But that one's a fun one that I we've been doing for a few years. And then I was trying to think, my first Spartan is in March, and I oh. go to Vegas. Yeah. So I go to Vegas, and I think this year, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure Justin Wiley's going to be there. He was there last year, but we didn't know each other yet. Oh. Um, and then I think Serena might be going, so oh, I think it's going to be a party down there. So, because, like, Justin oh, and Serena wow. have kind of become my race buddies now. They they drug my, my fat body through Montana, so. And then, so, and I think, yeah, there's going to be Vegas, and then I think I might be doing that half marathon in March. I've got to talk to Dawn and figure out what it is and sign up for it. Somewhere in there, too, I'm doing a tunnel to Viaduct 8K. Oh, okay. Oh. Which is, like, the last time you get to run on the, the viaduct and the first time you get to run in the new tunnel. So, because oh, there's viaduct far away. So, if you guys, anyone oh. look that one up, that one's going to be. Like I said, that's the last time you get to run on the viaduct before they destroy it. So. Yeah. That'll be historic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Oh, and then after that, you always do the Seahawks 12K, too. I do if it doesn't coincide with the, the Spartans. Last oh, year, I didn't right. do it the same weekend. But normally, I do the Seahawks uh, 12K. But last year, like I said, uh, yeah, it was the same, same weekend as the Spartans, so it kind of messed everything up. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, and normally I volunteer at the Spartan, so I'm usually a street team, so I couldn't get away at all that weekend. I was the the lead, so I couldn't leave at all. So, yeah. Right. Oh. Well, fun. Yeah. Well, I think that was all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like people to know and insights into Mike? Not that I can think of. Um, just that, you know, I, I really appreciate all of the listeners and everyone that listens to the podcast. Um, we were nominated this year for a muddy on the mud, the mud run guide. We did not get it, but being nominated was a huge, huge yeah. thing. I mean, Absolutely. I didn't even realize that anybody realized this podcast existed. And then all of a sudden I, I Heather is the one who told me because a lot of people don't know this, but Heather Rook does a lot of the social media for, for BeastNet. She's kind of a behind the scenes uh, helper. But she noticed uh, it and she said something to me about it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you, uh, we've been nominated. And I'm like, oh, well, shoot. So, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's amazing to us. I mean, hopefully we'll grow more in the next year. You know, we're trying to make things better. I've been trying to do what I can to make the, the recordings better. Um, so, yeah. I mean, everyone, let me know, anybody who's listening to this, if you hear something that doesn't sound right or you, you want to hear something, you want an interview, I'm working on getting interviews with some some bigger names, you know, kind of like I did last year. I had Laura Messner and some of those people, um, and Dingo. Dingo was a fun one. But I'm working on trying to get more people like that. I mean, I still love talking to our beasts and hearing those amazing stories. But at the same time, I want to get some of the, you know, the other people, you know, Mark Ballas from Green Berets Challenge. I know he's going to be back on because he's going to want to announce that he's got a date for when Green Beret Challenge will be here. So uh -huh. I, I don't know yeah. for sure, but I think it's in October. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. I've just heard rumors that October. But so hopefully he'll be, he'll be on soon. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a great year for BeastNet and for the Beasts all around. So, yeah. Because I know there's some big things coming in for the Beasts, too. So, just because I'm going to make them happen. But. Oh, <laughs> I love it. 
Well, the podcast has been so much fun. I just love hearing them. And uh, gosh, you know, you're just such a such a great team member and friend to everybody. And I know I, I always enjoy I whenever too. I see you. It just, uh, you know, makes me smile. Oh, yeah. And, and one of these times, we need to do the switcheroo on this beast, Nan. We need to get you to do oh. the beast report. <laughs> So oh dear! We're talk about that. <laughs> we're gonna have to do the beast report on the the beast reporter. So, oh well, there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh goodness! All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This has been nice. a lot of fun, and it's great Perfect. to get to know you a little bit more. All right. Thank you, Kim. All right. Bye. All right. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you. Because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry. Even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com. For the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.